Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast is coming up next. Of course, we're talking more NBA Finals. Donald Trump has uninvited the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles to the White House. We have a fantastic game of Sick Fuck of the Week or Beyond with Judge Dean Collins, plus special guest. This is a comedian rock star. He sells out arenas. My man, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy Iglesias, is in the building. We're talking about selling out Madison Square Garden. We're talking about how discussing sports on stage is even worse than discussing politics and so much more from the great comedic rock star. This guy shuts shit down. Gabriel Iglesias. You could call him fat, but he calls himself fluffy. All that and more on a jam-packed I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky to start this smacker. All right. 
I'm going solo on that ass. Later on, Judge Dean Collins will be with me to break down a plethora, a potpourri of so many different sick fucks. We'll be deciding, are they sick fucks? Are they beyond sick fucks? My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasts, and we are fresh off the plane from San Francisco. I want to thank everybody who listens to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, new listeners, old listeners, and the entire ruckus crowd that came out and saw us live and direct at the Clusterfest in San Fran. I'm always surprised by how rowdy that crowd is up there. I don't know why. I do not know why that the, the San Francisco crowds are, are uh, like to talk uh, uh, and be a part of the show, but I love it. And I appreciate all you guys for coming out. It was it was a great show. Um, game two of the NBA Finals is in the books. Jordan Winter of the Dust Brothers, producer extraordinaire, will tell you at about the four-minute mark of the fourth quarter, I said LeBron is now tired. You could see it. You could see it. He ran out of gas, and I don't blame him. But I don't feel bad for him, okay? The Golden State Warriors went on to win. Uh, G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, uh, if you see him on a corner somewhere talking to himself, he will probably be mumbling something about the Cavs are going to win in six. They're going to win four straight, blah, 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 blah. More questionable calls. Again, I don't care. You win some, you lose some. At one point, LeBron James went up to to catch a a long uh, outlet pass from Kevin Love. Steph Curry, who's about 180 pounds, and Klay Thompson, who's probably about 215 pounds. Uh, I can't do the math on that, uh, but that together combined uh, is is, is about 25 to 50 pounds heavier than LeBron James, the self-proclaimed football player who loves contact. Everybody was in an uproar. Everybody went up. Everybody banged into each other. Everybody came down on the floor. No foul was called. Everybody was upset. Later on in the game, LeBron James put Jordan Clarkson in a fucking arm bar. Literally could have broken his arm. I don't think it was intentional, but the way he moved and the way he locked him up, uh, he could have broken Jordan's arm. I don't feel bad for LeBron. He's not an underdog. And we forget, we forget when the Miami Heat, when the Miami Heat, played Dirk Nowinski and the Dallas Mavericks. D-Wade in his prime, Chris Bosh in his prime, LeBron James in his prime, the original big three, the Miami Heatles. Nobody was complaining. LeBron's overmatched. Dirk Nowinski's an underdog. Why is everybody rooting for Miami? You should be rooting for Dirk Nowinski. He's an underdog. They beat their asses. Remember that? There were no other quote-unquote stars on that 2011 Dallas Mavericks team. J.J. Barrera, Corey Brewer, my main man Karan Butler, Tyson Chandler, My dude, Deshaun, but the only, Jason Kidd was on that team. The only star was Dirk Nowinski. Did anyone go, oh, Dirk's an underdog. 
Dirk's undermanned. No, they made it to the finals in the Western Conference. The Miami Heatles with D-Wade in his prime, Chris Bosh in his prime, Pat Riley at the helm, goal, general manager, and of course, LeBron James in his prime. Dallas beat their asses. But every single move that goes against LeBron James, he will, they're, they're not this. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. It's 2-0. It is 2-0. I am trying to figure out a way to get to Cleveland to be at game three or game four. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I am enjoying the greatness that is Steph Curry. I am enjoying the defense of game two, Kevin Durant. I am enjoying Klay Thompson. I am enjoying Draymond Green. This is a sport. This is a team sport. I don't care about this GOAT. He's the best player. He's this. He's the best of all time. Unbelievable. This is not tennis. This is not thumb wrestling. This is not boxing. This is not badminton. This isn't swimming. This is a team sport. It's basketball. It's five on five, 12 on 12. There's coaches. There's all that. I hope they sweep them in four games in the land, in the fucking wasteland. Speaking of tennis, the great Serena Williams had to pull out of the French Open. In the fourth round, she was going to play Maria Sharapova. They call it a rivalry. I think she's beaten Maria Sharapova 19 times to four. That's not a rivalry. That's an ass kicking. Uh, But uh, Serena had a pectoral chest muscle strain. Uh, She's been playing very well. Uh, You know, she's picking up steam. Obviously, she's back from having a baby. She had a two-year layoff. Uh, she, She was doing well, but... She had to pull out. That was disappointing to me. I think Serena Williams, she, she's one of my top five favorite athletes. Men, women, any sport. Like, she's just she's just an ass-kicking, dominant force of nature. Um, so that was disappointing that she had to pull out. The uh, flight back from San Francisco. We didn't get to go to game two um, because the show, our live show, overlapped with the start time of the game, and we would have wound up being those assholes that show up at halftime, and I'd rather just watch the game. Um, but that flight from San Francisco is always deceiving. It's always deceiving. It's never on time. It's always delayed. It never takes off uh, when you're supposed to. It's always 20 minutes on the ground, 25 minutes on the ground. But I had a, a little incident. A little incident on the plane. I was... uh the flight was at 10 o'clock. We started flying around 10.30. I was minding my business. The whole flight I had my ear, earphones in my ear. And I was so hyped about the game, the ass-kicking that the Golden State Warriors put on the Cavaliers in game two. I, you know, wanted to make one of my uh, iconic Instagram videos. And I know I'm on a plane. I know to mind my manners. I don't want any beef on planes. We talk about that a lot. It's no longer the friendly skies. You got to watch yourself. So I, I, I very quietly, and I'm talking about like this, LeBron James got his ass kicked in game two. Like that, that type of voice. Not my normal gringo mandingo screaming and yelling voice. Not my normal uh, Jeff Ruland, Bill Lane, be a Rick Mahorn of podcasting voice. Not the voice, the powerful uh, sort of high-pitched uh, baritone voice that you're hearing right now. Very soft-spoken. I had my back turned. I had my hoodie covering my phone. I was literally talking like this, you know, 
LeBron James got his ass kicked in. I was trying to make a video. Now, we all know I have my uh, signature cough. I wasn't coughing on the plane, but the guy sitting next to me, who was a probably about a 50-year-old guy that needed a facial astringent, uh, very oily skin, had been sneezing like a, like a banshee the entire flight. Like, not a normal sneeze, like a chew, like that. Uh, but like, you know, like that loud, like, ah, like the whole thing, like the whole, like, it's shocking. I don't care. Who am I, who am I to judge? I cough, I snort, I fart. I don't, I, those things don't bother me because I know that, again, just like podcasting, you have to be able to give it as good as you could take it. He was covering his nose, covering his mouth. It, it, it wasn't bothering me, but it was loud. It was even through my headphones. I was listening to my, uh, my quiet jazz playlist, which consists of a lot of Chet Baker, a lot of uh, uh, ballads by John Coltrane, uh, Miles Davis, um, Bitches Brew, the iconic uh, record by Miles Davis, uh, In a Quiet Way by uh, Miles Davis uh, is also on that playlist. I have uh, certain ballads by Billie Holiday uh, on that playlist. Of course, you need some uh, felonious monk on, on any jazz playlist, especially if you, you want that quiet, chill jazz and a few, a few select cuts by the great Charles Mingus, and so on and so on. Okay, but this this banshee was sneezing, sneezing, sneezing the whole time. I'm talking real ruckus. Fuck. You know, like bone, bone shaker. I didn't say a word. I start my video. Again, I'm telling you, I know I can be obnoxious. I know rules, regulations, and etiquette of a plane. So I'm telling you, I wasn't talking loud. The guy taps me while I'm in the middle of doing my video. And he goes, excuse me, taps me. I go, yeah. He goes, we can hear you talking to him and the guy next to him who wasn't even with him. I go, yeah, well, I can hear your fucking sneezes the entire flight. I literally said that. It just came out of me. He looks at me shocked. He's thinking, oh, well, if he's polite and he says, well, we could hear you. Uh, uh, I'm going to stop doing my video. I no, fucking uh, snuffleupagus. You're interrupting everybody's uh, peace. We've all been in San Francisco all day. We all want to get home. You're, you're sneezing like a fucking, like a, an elephant in pain. And you're, you're upset about me basically mumbling to myself into my phone. Excuse me. I can hear you, snuffleupagus. You shut up. I didn't say that. I said what I said. But that's what I felt. I don't want to get into a confrontation because that's how confrontations happen on the plane. I realized at that moment, had I been drinking or I had been with some other people, maybe he's with another person. Uh, you know, you shut up. You, next thing you know, you're fighting in the, in, the, in the aisles. He said what he said. I said what I said. I finished my video. I had to redo it later on because, uh, you know, he threw me off. You know, when I make these passionate pleas, on social media, there's a sense of, of joy. You know, I like doing it. He interrupted my flow. I, I shut it down. I had to sleep on it and, and revisit the subject the next day, which I did. But the point is, is that, you know, mind your business. I'm not disrupting anybody. You have obviously an allergy flare up and nobody, nobody's saying anything to you. But I made it home safe and sound, incident free. See, that's my cough. Don't cut that out, Miles. Miles and Jordan, the producers of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, they go uh, to endless, endless 
go through endless amounts of footage and they listen and they hear all my snorting, coughing, and they, they cut it out for you, the fan. Uh, but keep that one in because I know I make sounds. I know they're not uh, very pleasant. Um, made it home, got a good night's sleep. Uh, next day, come to find out, Dick Stain Donald Trump. Just just when you think you'll have a, a day off. Dick Stain Donald Trump. That's his name. That's his fucking name. He uninvited. He he uninvited the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles to the White House. The great state of Pennsylvania, which he won. The great state of Pennsylvania. He uninvited the Super Bowl champions. He put out a letter saying the Philadelphia Eagles are unable to come to the White House with their full team to be celebrated tomorrow. They disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem, hand on heart, in honor of our great men and women of our military. The Eagles wanted to to send a smaller delegation, but the thousand fans planning to attend the event deserve better, blah, blah. See how he's trying to make this about the military and what kind of patriot he is? Let us not forget Dick Stain Donald Trump, the MVP of feckless cunts. When you talk about feckless cunts, okay, and we're going to get to that later. When you're talking about real MVPs, to quote the great Kevin Durant, the real MVP of feckless cunts is Dick Stain Donald Trump. The manipulation, the deceit. I don't care what side you're on, Republican, liberal, Green Party, independent. We all deserve better. The people of Philadelphia that voted you in deserve better. The manipulation we're, we're numb to it. All of us, even your supporters, are numb to it. You, you uninvited the Philadelphia Eagles because a lot of them weren't going to show up. Dick Stain, get used to it. When the Warriors win, they're not showing up again. No team will ever show up in full to visit you in the White House. You can't uninvite motherfuckers that weren't coming. You found out that probably like a few kickers and, and, and maybe like an offensive lineman and like a third string safety were the only guys showing up along with the guys that tape some people's ankles and you were like, I'm not going to be embarrassed and you uninvited the whole team. They weren't coming to begin with. Are you feckless cunt, you? Now I'm using that word feckless cunt. I'm not going to say that word again because I do not like that word. But last week, Samantha B., she has her show on TNT or TBS. She's not even from the United States. She's from Canada. Talks a lot of shit about the president all the time. I think some of the things she says are funny. I, I find it whiny. I find it whiny from conservatives. I find it whiny from Democrats. I find it whiny from anybody. The same thing, like you just, you're just completely impartial. You can't give anybody uh, any credit for anything. And it's like, we're, we're Democrats and, and every single other Republican is evil. I don't believe that. Just like every single Democrat isn't uh, holier than now, isn't a, you know, a good person. We're, we're all fucked. Okay. We all have flaws. They're talking about millions and millions and millions of people. She talks all this shit. Anyway, last week she called Ivanka Trump 
the daughter of Donald Trump, a feckless C-word. This was a couple of days uh, before Roseanne got fired. Now, you can't compare the two things. We discussed this. But I was really thinking about this. That's an offensive word to call the president's daughter. Okay? And in all this, uh, um, you know, women power and women rise up and it's our time and all this stuff, for one woman to be shitting on another woman and basically using the worst term that anybody could use to describe, to call another woman, is fucked up. I mean, what would happen if any reporter, I don't care who it is, or any commentary person, social commentary person, referred to Michelle Obama as a feckless C-word? I don't care what your reasoning is. What would happen if Bill O'Reilly referred to one of the Obama kids as a feckless C-word? What would happen if a sportscaster referred to Serena Williams as a feckless C-word? What would happen to a news commentator if they were referred to Hillary Clinton as a feckless C-word? There'd probably be, there'd be no coming back. Now, I'm not saying this chick, Samantha B should be fired. I'm just saying that's a very, very crass word that even I don't like to see. I, I don't like to support that word. Yes, moments ago, I did refer to Donald Trump as the MVP of feckless cunts, but that was just for effect to set this bit up. The double standards, they're not going to work. We're, we're, none of us are, go, are going to get anywhere with the double standards intact. We're in the, the, the high point of the women's movement, the women's, the feminist movement, and you have a very prominent liberal Canadian, it's not even American, referring to Ivanka Trump as a feckless C-word with no ramifications from the network. I'm not saying she should be fired. But an apology should be issued. Something should happen. Suspension. Sit her down for a couple of games. Something. I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think it's appropriate. And I'm a pig. I'm a fucking pig. I got a, I got a filthy mouth. When will it end? When will it all end? When will the name calling end? I coined the phrase Dick Stain Donald Trump. Am I right? Probably not. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. It rolls off the tongue. Listen, we shut it down in San Francisco, okay? The I Am Rappaport tour, the I Am Rappaport tour is commencing this summer again, okay? We are going live all across the country, and we are taking our act to Toronto all summer long. Me, G. Moody, sometimes the young shooter, Dean Collins, Thursday, July 26th in Toronto. Thursday, July 26th in Toronto, Ontario at the Dartforth Music Hall, 8 p.m. Saturday, August 4th. We're in New York City, back at the house at the Gramercy Theater. August 18th, we're in Houston, Texas at the Warehouse Live Ballroom. Wednesday, August 22nd, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Stand the fuck up. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I cannot wait for that show. I love the fighting city of Philadelphia. I can't wait for August 22nd in Philadelphia. Saturday, August 25th in Boston, Massachusetts at the Wilbur Theater. There might be more dates, but that is it 
for now, IamRappaportTour.com. Go to IamRappaportTour.com. Love Philadelphia. Can't wait to do a show in Toronto, the beautiful city of Toronto. We are going on tour this summer. You can get all tickets at IamRappaportTour.com. I can't believe the Philadelphia Eagles... Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the great Teddy Pendergrass, the stylistics, Daryl Hall and John Oates, a.k.a. Hall and Oates, the Roots. Have you not listened to the Roots MC Black Thoughts record? Streams of Conscious Volume 1, produced by Ninth Wonder. Please listen to that record. Schoolie D, the Philadelphia Sound, all the Fresh Prince. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Rocky Balboa, Adrian, Daryl Dawkins, Paulie, Apollo, and Adonis Creed, all things Philadelphia. You deserve better. You elected Donald Trump, and he uninvites your Philadelphia Eagles. Come on, Philadelphia. My ongoing battle with the stray cats in my neighborhood has reached a high We're at a crescendo point. We're at a tipping point. So a couple of weeks ago, I posted a video on social media screaming at the cats in my neighborhood. In my backyard, not my neighborhood. It's not like I walk around the neighborhood doing this. This It's my backyard. On my front lawn. Cat shit. Every day. Cat shit. Every day. If you're not paying attention, you step in cat shit. If I go to get my mail without flip-flops, I step barefoot in cat shit. Not cool. Not a cat person. Certainly not a stray cat person. Okay? So I posted a video of me screaming at these cats, yelling at the cats. You know what I do. Uh, Beth Stern, wife of the great Howard Stern, uh, actually reached out to me and she suggested... Because she's a heavy, big-time cat person. Her and Howard with the fucking cats. They'll take in anybody's cat. If, if they, I tell you, you know what, Howard? Beth, you love cats so much. Why don't you come over for dinner? We'll cook for you. I won't keep you long. Take all these fucking cats. Take them. We'll walk, walk just up the block. Bring some tuna fish or whatever the fuck you do to trap them. Take them. I'll pay for your flights. And send them the fuck back to New York, to the North Shore Animal League, to your apartment in Manhattan. I don't care where you take them. Your house in the Hamptons, take them all. You want to put them up for adoption? Great, I'll make a donation. You take the cats from my neighborhood, Howard Stern, Beth Stern. I'll make a donation. I'm sick of these fucking cats. But Beth Stern reached out to me through Baba Booey. She suggested very nicely. I don't want any beef with Howard Stern. None. It's very nice. Matter of very nice. That uh, 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 we, we get something uh, that when we looked up, it's called wolf piss. They don't call it wolf piss, but it's essentially, they call it wolf urine. I call it wolf piss. It is what it is. Send me the link for something on uh, Amazon. You could buy it. It's wolf piss. It doesn't harm the cats, but it'll keep them away. Great. Great. Beth Stern knows. If you follow Beth Stern and Howard Stern, it's all they talk about on social media is those fucking cats. Okay, so I, I order the wolf piss. 15 pounds of wolf, wolf piss. 
15 pounds of wolf piss. I got to call the people. I get put on hold. Some company up in Maine. They figure out a way to, to, to get wolf piss, and they put it in like a little mix. It's not, it doesn't come in a liquid form. It comes in a mix, and you, you spray it all over the place and, uh, you know, keep the cats away. Cost me $289 plus shipping. 15 pounds of wolf piss. Get a call from my mail place. Oh, you got a box here. Is it a big box? Yeah. Is it like 15 pounds? Yeah. Okay, great. Great. I'll go pick up my wolf piss. 289 bucks. They send you the thing. They don't even put the sprayer. They didn't send me 15 pounds. They sent me 10 pounds. They sent me something else. Somehow the order got messed up. I had to call up the wolf piss people in me in Maine. Literally, I'm on, I'm on with the with the robot customer service. They said your wait time is 20 minutes. I said, I don't need this shit. I'll just start with the 10 pounds and I'll figure something out later. I have to go all around the house, the perimeter of my house, not that big. Spray the, the wolf piss, which is like a spray. Again, it's like a it's like a like a light sand formula. I don't know what the, I don't want to know. I just want these fucking cats out of here. Takes me an hour to spray every corner, every crevice uh, of the yard, of the backyard, near the pool, my little sitting area. I came back in. I had a headache. I had like wolf piss headache, and it's TBD to be determined if in fact the wolf piss works, and it's TBD. To be determined if, in fact, I will get my lost five pounds of wolf piss that I already paid for. I will keep you updated, people, because I know you're on the edge of your seat. You're probably losing sleep. Wondering, what's going to happen with Mike Rapp's wolf piss? Don't worry, I'll keep you informed, up to date, in real time, if possible. So you ever heard of Buscemi shoes, like Steve Buscemi? But a guy named John Buscemi makes these fancy shoes. Very nice, very successful company. My guy, John Buscemi, is from New York. He's got a sandwich place out in, uh, in L.A. called Uncle Paulie's. They got the prosciutto. They got the vegetarian sandwiches. They got the mozzarella. They got all the, all the, all the shit, the sandwiches. They got the, the bread, everything you need for your sandwich, everything. Uh, but he's got this company, big company, Buscemi shoes. Maybe your girlfriend uses them. There's some... One's for the guys. Some of them, I told them, I said, some of them, it looks like a Euro dance club shoes. They got straps, zippers, buckles. I, I don't do that. But some of them are dope. Some of them are dope. And, and, and J-Lo wears them. Rihanna wears them. This one, that one, you know, fucking A-Rod wears them. Uh, you know, but I, I like the low-key version. But, but my guy, Buscemi, anyway, I was with him the other day at his place, Uncle Paulie's. I think we talked about Uncle Paulie's with Joey Coco Diaz. He's talking to me about this cryotherapy um, where you, uh, you, you, you know, you go in these, these chambers for like three minutes and it's sub, it's like freezing cold. And you, you, I found out you, you cover your extremities, your feet, your ears and your hands, and you go in there for three minutes and it's like a form of recovery. It's rejuvenation. It's uh, good for inflammation. It's good for joint problems. Um, it's like, it's like sitting in an ice bath for a half an hour, but you have to do it for just three minutes. He's telling me about it. He says, it's very easy. It's places around the corner. Let's go. I said, fuck it. I got nothing to do. I got nothing to do. Prepare for a podcast in a couple hours. But other than that, I got nothing to do. Drive five minutes, 
go to the place, no line, no nothing, because they'll, they'll horge in and horge out. It's three minutes a pop. Boom, boom, boom. You go in there. I said, I'm scared. I was scared. It's freezing. You know, I don't like cold weather. You know, I was, a, you know, you keep your underwear on. You put the earmuffs on. They give you some socks. They give you earmuffs. Very clean. The place is very clean. And you go into this, this it's like a, a small shower. Think of a small shower enclosed. Not the kind that a lot of people use for Instagram where you have like your head out. This was like you go in some shit. Like you shut the door. There's no head sticking out of the top. And one of the perks of it inside is it talks to you. It'll say, okay, three minutes. And then it'll say, you have two minutes left. First minute's easy. And then it'll say, you have 90 seconds left. And you get to request one song. I didn't know what song to request. So I said, uh, I'm going to do something that gets me hyped. Sure thing, get me hyped. Uh, first, I tried to do 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Uh, classic song, you know, get you hyped. Because you want to stay moving in there. You want to kind of jog in place, shadow box, you know, whatever you do. Choke your chicken, whatever you want to do. I decided to do uh, The Game and 50 Cent's classic, Hate It or Love It. Hate It or Love It, the beginning goes on top. I don't know. That song, you know the song. Go in the fucking chamber. Music starts. I can't see six inches in front of me because the, the vapor, it's like being in a meat freezer. Can't see literally six inches in front of me. Music's on. I'm jumping around, jumping around. I can't see anything. I'm, I'm hanging on just so I don't slip. I got on some like flip-flops with socks on, two pairs of socks on. 30 seconds left. I'm like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it. I hear the lady goes, 30 seconds left. And that's the hardest part. But I made it all the way through. And when I got out, I felt fantastic. And it was weird because all your joints where you might have pain, like your hips, like I hurt myself. I fell down last week shooting an episode of the guest book, uh, hurt my hip. Like all the places where you have little nicks and little bang-ups, my elbow, they all, like I could feel them. Everything was vibrant. I'm moving around. My neck feels good. I'm stretching. You warm right back up, and it works. So my first experience with cryotherapy was pretty good. I'm going back. They have couples cryotherapy, so you... And uh, you, you, I don't know if you want to go in there with the homies or you could bring your girlfriend in there or your boyfriend in there or the girl you're dating or your wife or your ex or whatever the fuck you want. You can't bring your pet in there. Fucking thing will freeze. And you could go in there. But I suggest the cryotherapy uh, and I had a good time in there. So my guy Bushimi, who I got to have come on the podcast, this guy's got a million and one stories. He took me. I went and I'm going back tomorrow. I feel like a million bucks. He said, how do you feel? He checked in with me two hours later because, you know, I'm like, crap, anything can happen. You know, I whine and complain. He said, how do you feel? I said, I feel vibrant. You fuck you. I said, I feel like a million bucks. All right. I feel great. And now we have the main attraction. My man is a comedic rock star, Fluffy Iglesias, Gabriel Iglesias. Sells out arenas, talks good shit, plays right to his audience. This is a fantastic conversation with a guy who is not your uh, run-of-the-mill comedian. He'll tell you himself. He's made up. Yo, this guy's listen. This guy's paid in full from telling jokes across the globe and beyond. He travels all over the travels all over the world, talking shit, selling out arenas. We're talking about what country has the most beautiful women. We're talking about what's funny and what's not funny in the Midwest. With, and so much more with Gabriel Iglesias, comedic rock star, comedic genius. 
I would bet to say comedic millionaire. Coming up next, my main man, Fluffy Iglesias, Gabriel Iglesias. Test, test, test. Let's hey, go. Hey. Let's go. All right, All right. Gabriel Iglesias is in the house. Gabriel, it's a, and a very impressive house. Well, thank you. Thank very, you, thank very, you, very you. impressive. I'm in escrow right now, and you just made me hate my fucking house. Come on, man. I know you got some <laughs> shit, man. Hey, man, I do got some shit. But, man, no, no, no. There's some shit, and then there's what you got. No, get the fuck <laughs> out of here, man. Yeah, the man, man you, they yeah. call Fluffy. Come on, man. Yo, no, you're, this, you're, this house is amazing. Well, you, I appreciate This it. is that higher learning money. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this, this is that old money. <laughs> I appreciate I, it. I got I, that new road life money. Nah, like, that road life money is good. That's selling out motherfucking Madison Square Garden money. Uh, yeah, but you know, just because you sell out Madison Square Garden doesn't mean you're going to make money. It's Union One. Right. The, it's the most they got expensive. Unions in New York. Yeah, the, the number one union is in New York. And uh, in order for you to make money playing Madison Square Garden, your ticket's got to be, you know, you got to charge a, a hefty price. Your production's got to be minimal. Uh, your promotion has to be, you know, you, it's it's really hard. I broke even, basically, when I played MSG. So is is playing MSG for a comedian... Uh, it's prestigious. I was it's, just going to say it's the it's the uh, the it looks great on your resume. You know, you've played the biggest, most iconic. Well, not the biggest, but you've played the most iconic venue in the world, world's most famous arena. Yeah. So that's that. You can say that. That's and they know that. So that they they you know they could care less about. Your, I got you. Uh, your, you know, oh, saving money. They're like, no, we're Madison Square Garden. So so you've been doing comedy for about twenty years. Uh, yeah. Uh, April April tenth was uh, twenty one. The first you remember the first time you went on April tenth, nineteen ninety seven. Yes, you always remember your first time. That's crazy, <laughs> man. It is actually it was pretty good. Yeah, if it would have been painful, I don't think I would have continued. You know, continued to do this. But then you wind up playing arenas. You sold out the Sa- the Staples Center. Yes, Madison Square Garden, all these different places. Like when you're on stage, going from doing open mics and shitholes and bars and even, you know, late night spots at this place, late night spots at that place. And then you're in an arena like the garden. Like, are you like, what the fuck? Just in terms of like your life and just the size of comedy. I mean, you, you, you know what it's like when you, you start, it's, it's, it's minimal. You have no act. There's no people. They're not even paying attention to you. And then you're in the fucking garden where people have arranged and prearrange their life to come and see you make them laugh. I mean, that's got to be fucking. You're not a band. There's no drummer. There's no guitar. Nobody that you can there's point no backup to. singers. It's yeah. just I'll you. Lead guitar. <laughs> there's no one to defer to. No. It's like you know. I mean, that's got to be like a surreal thing for a comedian. It's it's an amazing feeling. You walk out there and it's like, wow, I I I got a real gig. <laughs> Right, that's a gig. A far- Although that's you might a- be just breaking even, yeah. it's still a, it's, it's you it's know worth what? It. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those where uh, if I never play it again, I'll be okay. I'll, I, you know, I could say I did it once, and you know, it's it's one of those where I, I think that unless you're gonna make money, you you, you know, that's one of those. I, I I would make more money playing a comedy club in New York for two weeks than the Garden. Yeah, but it's worth it. To say that you did the garden. Who, whose unions are more fucked up? Staples Center? Like the LA unions? California? Oh, New York. Really? All day. All day. They're, I mean, they're kill- fucking squeezing you yeah. left and right. Like, listen, I don't give a fuck where you're from. You got your YouTube mm, channel. No, when I played Staples, I made I made money. That okay. was my down payment on my, on my uh, you know, on my uh, Rappaport starter house. That's fucking dope. <laughs> How many times did you do one night at Staples or did you do... Did, it like, was one night. So comedy. Did you ever imagine, like, you know, obviously, like, in the 80s, uh, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy was the jump off, and then Dice Clay, 
uh, you know, was was a monster. But Dice ne- was definitely the biggest one. He was the first one to start doing the the arenas. Uh, I mean, like really, really doing arenas. Right. Steve Martin played a few back in the day. Steve Martin, and, and but but now it's like you, you guys. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a handful of you guys. Good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, you know, I and, just think and it, I think a lot of it has to do with social media. Social media, YouTube, you know, you're able to reach more people. Whereas back then, Dice was just, mm. he was killing it with just an album. Right. You know, Steve Martin, same thing. It's like he had his wild and crazy guy and he was on SNL and, right. you know, he was opening for all these bands and then eventually started doing it on his own. Right. But now, you know, you got, you had guys like Dane Cook playing arenas. You had guys right. like Larry the Cable Guy playing arenas. You had, you know, well, clearly Kevin Hart doing freaking stadiums. You know, it's just, is he it's the biggest of, right now in terms Kevin of. Kevin Hart is definitely the biggest. Uh, you know, he's the most popular. Um, who at this point now, like, cause it's like, you know, podcasts are like assholes. Everyone has one. You know what I mean? Every fucking body has a fucking podcast. Every fucking body has a fucking podcast. And I think it's good. You know what I mean? Um, but like comedy. Can I promote my podcast while, while I'm? Of course. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> do, do, do you have a podcast? Don't, no, don't you don't have, have fucking time to play the fucking podcast. You're playing fucking arenas. The fucking. <laughs> Does your photographer? You got a photographer? He's got like a fucking like a SUV. Who did your the guy who drove you in the SUV? Does he got a podcast? Yeah, He's right. like Gabe's. <laughs> Gabe's drive the game right ready. now. He's yeah. He's doing a stream from. He's doing the podcast. He's, he's doing a special on Feral Cats in the front in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> so what comedians at this point do you like when you go to a club forget the arenas because you know like the life of a stand-up comic is is like you know like there's such a camaraderie there's hating you know they everybody's sort of like you know they're like vultures you know i i i started out as a stand-up when i was young and i wasn't that good but i i, I know the mentality you know what i mean and i love stand-ups but you you know like when you go to clubs now when you go to the comedy store to work on your shit or the improv or wherever you go, who in there is uh, exciting that you like? I got. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay late to watch so and so. Well, if you're at the comedy store, Joe Rogan is always an interesting cat when he goes up there. Uh, definitely, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get something out of Joe. Uh, Bill Burr, right? He's big still- fan of Bill Burr. Um, Jim Jeffries is another one. I, I like comics that do things that I don't like and touch on topics that I won't and just go places that I can't. You know, the fact that they're able to talk about religion the way that they do or just, you know, life in general. My show, you know, I'm known as Fluffy, bro. So I got to keep my show at a certain place where, you know, it's a broader show. And when you have a broader show, you got to make sure that more people, you know, some people might say, oh, you're not that edgy. Yeah, whatever, dude. Did you see the freaking Staples Center? Right. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I respect that shit. You know what I mean? So, I mean. When, I, when, do, when who says that? Like uh, critics or, or. Critics or, you know, other comedians. Oh, well, you know, his act is this way or. His act is that They're way. fucking haters. That, that's all it is. It's, it's a bunch of hating. But. Because anybody that grabs a mic, I don't care if you're the darkest fucking, you know, shit talking, you know, Andrew Dice Clay when he first started. Because no one would have thought Dice, his content would like, even when you watch it now, you're like, whoa. Like that was big back then. You got to figure during that time, it was him and Sam Kinison. They were going back and forth. They had this huge rivalry back at the comedy store, you know, in the 80s. And it was always like, who's, who's the one? Who's the one? And they were saying wild shit. Yeah, I mean, Kinnison had a thing about what is it after de- uh, necrophilia? What, yeah. what was it? The whole thing, gay necrophilia. And it was it was and made out, it funny and and made it funny and fucking arenas like giant stadium and shit. Like they weren't just like you it know was the rock garden. shows, rock shows. It was like some Guns N' Roses, like uh, Bon Jovi type of shit. Yes. Um, 
do you make a choice at this point in your career because yours you have a broader uh, fan base? Do you make a choice to to like you said stuff I can't say or stuff I won't say? Is there stuff that you want to say that you could say on the Iron Rapport Stereo Pocket? Is there topics that you want to go after that you pull back from because of you know you're fluffy? Well, I, you know, I try to stay away from things that really, really just offend and rub people the wrong way. So anytime you get into politics, religion, and sports, you're you're skating on some thin ice right there. Sports. And you will always, yes, yeah, sports. Sports will divide people in half like nothing else. This is how this is how I've I know ga- politics I've and religion. Oh, sports! People will heckle you and 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 just get all pissed off like about uh, the preference of team. Here's here's the here's the order of of how people get offended. Uh, if you talk about sports, sports is number one. That they'll that they'll vo- vocally get crazy about um, politics and then religion in that order. Sports I, number one. Yeah, sports is the number because one thing that because like if you're, if you're up. if you're in San Diego and you're talking about the Dodgers and like or San Diego like is it that or they don't want to hear it? For example, like let's say you're talking about uh you know. Uh, Let's, uh, for example, hey, you know, I grew up Catholic and in the Catholic Church and blah blah blah. If I start talking about something, the room might get quiet and nobody might, you know, it, it, they'll stay quiet. Whereas if I say, yeah, you know, because the, the Dodgers and blah blah blah, there'll always be somebody that'll be like, oh, the Angels or the Giants. They'll, they they don't want to hear their, you know, another team. That's interesting. It, it, they'll always, uh, and I, that's I, crazy that you said it first. Yeah, and it's it's the number one thing. Um, this is how hardcore sports is. I was in Cleveland, Ohio. Those and, fucks. Yeah. yeah. They're sensitive. Okay, so the, you said the, there's one thing I can't say, and, and you know, at Cleveland, you motherfuckers in Cleveland. Okay, I can't say that when I'm in Cleveland. But here's the only reason I say this is because I was telling a story about how I was performing at a university, and I didn't know the level of, of, of how passionate people are in Ohio about their sports. I said, yeah, so I was performing at this university in Michigan, and as soon as I said Michigan, two thousand people booed me in unison. They booed me uh, like like I took their money and spit in their face, and they would not stop booing me. And keep in mind, I was making them laugh the whole time up to that point. Damn. And then I, I was like, oh my god! And some girl in the front row was like, you said the M word. I go, what do you mean? I go, I didn't say the N word. She goes, no, the M word. I said, what did I say? Mexican? She goes, you said Michigan. And you don't know what's going on. It took me a second when she said Michigan. I was like. Oh, that's right. The Wolverines and the Buckeyes. But I didn't think Buckeyes because I was in Cleveland, not in Columbus. I got you. But that's how passionate they are. These are the same people that set fire to LeBron's jerseys. Yeah, these fucking animals out there. And then he comes back and it's like, and oh, they we say, missed you. He's going to leave again. We that motherfucker's going to leave again and leave them right where the f- back to fucking nothing. Yeah, like, And they, I, that's their comfort zone. The thing about Cleveland is like, they know he's going to leave. They know they're not winning the championship this year. And that's where they're comfortable being. Fucking miserable and beaten down. And then they, you know, obviously you're never going to get another LeBron again. They're going to be fucking miserable and just like back to where, like back to fucking square one. See, this is stuff I can't say on stage when I'm in Ohio because it, it's not going to go over the same way. Now, if I'm in st- on stage, can a comedian do that in a place like Ohio? Like, if a comedian is riffing like that, will will a place like Ohio have a sense of humor about themselves? I, you know what? I think that it, it all depends on the delivery. It all depends on how you present it to them because. How, how go, was that go, delivery go, go, right there? You well, think no, that? that was that was pr- straightforward. See, that's the thing with. Am you, I going to get booed doing that? You, you, I mean, you, I'm not a comedian, but like that, like because I, they, they take their shit so fucking seriously. <laughs> but when when you're getting, so for instance, you're seasoned. But when something like that is happening, and you could feel the crowd shift against you, and and obviously that's not like you didn't offend anybody, but it's like, you know, you could feel the crowd shifting against you. 
does your heart start to like race a little bit or are you totally seasoned and comfortable dealing with it? The thing is, is that if I start to feel that the crowd is going a certain way, then I, 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 you know, redirect the show. But in that situation, it wasn't like feeling it. No, it was direct. It was like, as soon as I said Michigan, it was like, click, we loved you, we hate you. Were you and, able and to get him back? It took me 10 minutes of apologizing, sincerely Damn. telling them, listen, you guys, oh, fuck I would not dig a hole for myself and, and offend, you know, try to insult you guys. You know, I says, I, I want you guys to have a good time and, and, and leave nice here guy. happy. You know, that's the last thing I want to say. I know, you know I know, hey. but I, I know what you're saying, but that's crazy that they took that so seriously. And they, it's not like they, you made a a, a po- political joke. There was no politics. There was no... Not I even religion. I didn't, I didn't talk, yeah. No race, no nothing. No. Jesus I, I, I Christ. Said, I said the M word in, in Cleveland, and it did not go over well. So when I went I back I can't to, wait till LeBron leaves those fucks once and for all. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know, I talked about it, too. I, I talked... When I went back, I says, hey, you guys, I said, I'm going to tell you a story. And I, talk, I talked about how the last time I was there, I got booed for that and i and i said let me explain something i would not intentionally do that i says but you guys take sports you know way too serious i go you guys got to find other things to get excited about you know if you're getting that upset and then i go um i said when i when i left here last time after getting booed the way that i did i was in the back cursing you guys out i was like yeah that's why lebron left right you know (laughs) that's why he left (laughs) you cocksuckers so so uh when you when i say cities now, obviously, you have a big fan base, you know, so it might not work now. And people are coming to see you. Probably not in Cleveland anymore. Probably not in Cleveland, <laughs> especially after this. Thanks, Michael. And they're like, yeah, you're on that guy's because they don't like me in Cleveland because I fucking break their balls. But what, like in your earlier years, what would be like the toughest crowds, like toughest cities, just like, you know, as far as a comedian? Like what is sort of the, the crowd that like sits back? Not now, because like when you go to a place now, you have a built-in audience. But for a younger comedian, what would be sort of like the state that's like, they're, they're, you have to earn their laughs. I think it depends on the co- type of comedy that you do. So if you're a, a comic that's in your face, then you're probably going to have problems in, in, uh, in, in states where it's like a little bit more, you know, uh, conservative. Uh, if you're, you know, there's guys out there that are jugglers. There's guys out there that are ventriloquists. There's guys out there that are guitar acts. I there's got you. Guys out, it, I think it all depends. Um, for me, my, my toughest crowds were always corporate shows. Shows where I was hired to perform for an organization. They had no idea who I was. So, like, one time I did a show for uh, a company called Intel, you know, uh-huh. the computer company. Uh-huh. And the setup was really nice. Usually corporate events or just events that are not re- uh, straight-up comedy are always challenging. Either they don't have a good stage, the sound system is horrible, the lighting is really bad, you're on the floor, there's right. banquet tables, people are schmoozing. I got you. You know, and it's... A lot of times they don't. They're not there to laugh. I got you're, you're you. You're an afterthought. I got you. They're just they're yeah. there to hang out and get fucking drunk and shit like yeah. that. You're an afterthought, and then they hit you with all the rules. Make sure you don't talk about this. Make sure you don't talk about that. You know, if you're performing for a certain type of company, they don't want you to talk about their rival. I got they you. They don't want you to talk about. So you, you know, gotta like you can't you, cuss. Don't make gotta, fun of the president of the of the organization. Don't make fun of. You get hit with all these I rules. I got you. And now go out there and, and, and earn your check. So with all the, the politics in the world and the good, the bad, and the building of the wall, you're Mexican? Yeah. Um, you know, and I appreciate you asking. You know, it's, well, I don't it, know, because, you know, New Yorkers, like, the first thing you say, like, if we were in New York and you're like Gabriel Iglesias and, I, and you were from New York, I'd be like, you're Puerto Rican. That's just like in New York. It's, it's that's automatic. the first. That's just, we associate, like, Latinos uh the first like i think probably i don't i don't know the fucking numbers and you know i don't fact check but like puerto ricans (laughs) 
and Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. Like you heard we, that Cleveland. We we grew up amongst each other. Like you know, New York. It's like it's it's filled with Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, uh, Dominicans. I mean, there's a whole. But but I, I you know for me at least in when in my you know in the seventies it was like Puerto Ricans and then you know Dominicans, you know Cubans uh, and that. But it's definitely Puerto Ricans. But like so. You know, like I say, you know, like I, I assumed you were Mexican. I know you're West Coast, so it's different. But like the equivalent in New York is Puerto Rican. So I say, of course. So, but with all the stuff that's going on, I don't know the fuck's going on. Um, with all the stuff that's going on in the last eighteen months with Trump and building a wall, you know, and 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 you know, I was listening to somebody talk about how now it's like all the they they did a joke on Saturday Night Live the other day about how like all the political jokes are played out. Yeah, and, stop and doing the, yeah. You know, it's just like it's been like whether, no matter what side you're on, whether you want to bash Trump or not, it's like enough, enough with the God. Even who, even I who can't stand and I talk so much shit. I'm like, I don't know what more to say. Like you, at a certain point, it's like there's not much more to say. Like everybody has used up all their jokes, at least for now. And especially being a, a, a Mexican comedian with Trump, do you touch on that? Like, have I stay you, away from it. I stay away nothing. from it, one hundred percent. I, I, you're fucking smart. You know, yeah, there's uh, people. In terms people, of a business guy, like it's smart. People don't pay to come in and be told, you know, uh, opinions and stuff like that. They come to a comedy show, they want to laugh. Uh, I'm not there to to play with their intelligence. I'm not there to make sway them or, or give my. I think a lot of times when when comics have a certain style, and all of a sudden they decide they want to get political, that's when they screw themselves. You know, if if, if politics is your thing from day one. Like somebody like a Jim Jeffries who comes out there and he talks about, you know, a lot of, he talks about politics, religion, he talks about all right. those things. People come I to see that. that. I don't want to talk about. He goes there, but that right. was him from the get. I got you. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, surprise. I he got was a you. juggler and now all of a sudden he's got an opinion. Right. Do you find, have you, have you noticed in the last year, just as a fan and being in the clubs and, and other comics, what is the sort of the vibe in terms of the politics of it all, uh, the me too of it all? The, the racial jokes, the sexual jokes, you know, we talk, uh, there's been talk of comedians, uh, I can't remember who was, getting booed at colleges, Chris Rock's talked about, like, that used to be a gig, but now it's like, if you go to a college, you need to be Ooh. fucking, you got to slow pitch and watch everything you say, because these fucking kids, 18, 19, I imagine being a comedian getting fucking heckled by some fucking... 19-year-old kids that are hopped up on fucking weed and, and, and their first, you know, week of drinking and booing me because I make a joke. I mean, that's got to suck for a comedian, right? But again, it's one of those things where know your audience, know where you're going into. And if, you, if, if you're getting booed by a college crowd, chances are you're either talking about politics, religion, or sports. That's okay? it. If you stay away from those three and you go in there... Like right now, I'm making a killing at colleges. You are, I, yeah, because I'm not the guy. That's gonna, I like the, I'm not I the fucking, guy that's going to go in there. Smart man. No, everybody else is is getting upset, you know. And 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 much respect to all these other comics who do what they do, but you know that's a that's a business. A lot of comics won't play colleges. A lot of co uh, comics won't do corporate events. They won't do fairs. They won't do uh, you know just alternative types of, of shows, variety sh They say, no, that's not my thing. It, it, you know, the, they get the crowds riled up. Well, know what you're going into. Got you. You know? Now, I know now. When I go into Cleveland, I don't talk about freaking Michigan. I got you. Okay? I got you. It, it's one of and those. And you're cool. Like, you're good at colleges. I, 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 I love them because I don't, I don't try to sway them. I don't try to talk 
you know, down to them. I just go out there. I tell my stories. I, I smile at the end. I thank everyone for having me. And I think more more artists should uh, approach it that way. Approach it from a place of like, hey, you're there to entertain and make right. people smile and have a good time. You're it, not going to change. You're not going to change. If these- I want to get into politics, I'll get I'll get out of comedy. Do you find, like, just in terms of as a, as a fan or when you're watching other people, uh, has it changed? Into, like, I'll say the comedy store, the improv, like the local clubs, are the crowds different? Is it, Are they more sensitive in the last year, year and a half? Uh, I think it depends on the comedy club you go to. Uh, the comedy store, it's always, uh, you never know what you're going to get in there. Sometimes you get tourists, sometimes you get some people off the sidewalk, sometimes they're fans of, of whoever it is that's performing that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just never know. Uh, you know, improv, same thing, especially here in Hollywood. Right. In Hollywood, you never know the kind of crowd you're going to get. So a lot of times you got to go to uh, comedy clubs outside of the LA area. You know, whether you're on Ontario or Irvine or Brea or, you know, Oxnard, there's other you. clubs and stuff. You can kind of get a better gauge. Do you, so, so going back to when you started, what was it, April 10th? April 10th, 1997. 1997. It was a windy day. <laughs> How did you, what, what was your propensity? What was your reason? That's a big word, bro. I know. <laughs> I threw that out there. I don't even know if I used it hey, right. Hey, hold on. Hey, Google that. Yeah. <laughs> See if Perfect. I fucking see if I used it correctly. Propensity <laughs> to, to get into comedy. Why did you start? I've been wanting to be a, a comedian since I was ten. I saw Eddie Murphy Raw when I was ten years old, and I says I want to do that. And it was one of those things where how does a kid in the eighties all of a sudden become a comic? You know, I mean, if you were to ask now nowadays, you can upload a video of yourself performing. You don't even need to be in a comedy club as long as you have a few people around you with your phone you can record yourself uh, you can put content out there there's people that all of a sudden have a following after mm. three four minutes you know what i mean it's very different now versus back then i came from the oh you got to talk to people era you got to let them know hey i got a show going on here's a flyer right you know you tell people flyers now or you That's, know or, here's my cassette listen right. to it it's crazy <laughs> it's it's totally different <laughs> and you had, it, you had to submit vhs tapes to comedy clubs back in the day right I mean, the technology and like the way we, we communicate in the MySpace and going into like what we have now where you could literally speak to your fans directly. Yeah. Live. So, so April 10th, 1997. What was that first time like? Uh, well, I wasn't even supposed to be performing. A friend of mine pushed me up on stage. Uh, they, you know, they needed somebody to run the show that night to kind of just to, to be the MC. And I had no time, no time to my name. I'd always talked about wanting to do to do comedy, but never done it. How old were you? Uh, twenty years old. Okay, twenty years old. And he physically pushed me up on stage, and I made fun of my buddy who did it. And I told a couple of cartoon having sex jokes. You know, I was real dirty when I first started, so it was just my whole act was cartoons having sex. People laughed, and, <laughs> and you know, the rest is history. With that first time, you 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 got a laugh and and that acknowledgement. Did you know like? I'm going to keep going. Uh, keep going as far as performing that night or keep Just going as a... As, like I can do this. Oh, it was a drug. It was a drug. The first time I got that, that <laughs> it was like, okay, okay, we got something here. And then what happens? Like what was the, the, the point in your career? You've been doing it since May 10th, April 10th, 1997. Around 8.30, 7 p.m. You hit the Probably stage. Probably right 8 about 30, that. 7, yeah. 8.40. Um, when, did, when did you start popping off? Like when were you like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to be able to do this as a job, a full-time job, and, like, I'm a professional, and, like, I'm balling now. I swore I made it after, like, the second week. 
Right. I'm serious. I, I mean, it. I was uh, that night when I first performed. Um, there was somebody in the crowd who had a comedy night at that same venue on Wednesday nights. So and I where is on a, this? It was in uh, Long Beach. Okay. It was at a place called the uh, PCH Club uh, in in Long Beach, right by the water. Real cool club. Still there. Um, there was a guy in the crowd named Eddie who had a comedy night on Wednesdays. I was there on a Monday, and he goes, "Hey man, you come back on Wednesday. Uh, I have a room. Blah blah blah. I'll give you twenty bucks." So. First time up, I'm already getting a paid gig. Damn. You know, and I was like, are you kidding me? So after that, it was just like one of those things where you you start, you know, you know how it is. You start networking. You meet other comics at the shows. And, right. You know, this comic tells you about that room and they tell you about, you go to that room and then you meet two other people and it's it branches out. You talk, you network, you stay out late, you wind up at Denny's at four o'clock in the morning. Right. It, it's, you know, that's how you did it back then. Who were the comics coming up around you uh, that, that are still doing their thing? That uh, uh, were, were popping off in L.A., Long Beach, and, and I mean, there's so many fucking places in in California in general. Who who do you remember? Some of the other people during seen? that time, I was uh, I was, there was a the comic uh, by the name of Willie Barcena, who he was the only real brown face out there doing uh, the Tonight Show. He had like the record for Tonight Shows. I think it was something stupid. Like at the time, I think it was four four Tonight Shows uh, back in the the 90s and. Yeah, it was basically him around us. I mean, everybody was looking up to uh, Paul Rodriguez and George Lopez. Right. I, I'm just associating with, you know, for me, starting off, I did, the only people I could connect to were the brown faces. Right. You know what I mean? Like in the clubs. In the clubs. And not even the clubs, man. We're, there was no comedy clubs having our shows. We had to perform wherever we could. So it was always at uh, bars, dive bars. For just Mexican crowds. Uh, basically, yeah. And has that changed now? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. is it like now? Like for in, in terms of not for you because you're you've crossed over, you've crossed over in everything. But what is it like in terms of Mex? Like if you for Mexican comedians, younger comedians, uh, uh, is is there more of an audience to go to? There is much more of an audience to go to because again, it's one of those things now with social media and the internet. Right. You know, the world is a small place. You can find two places to perform every night for every every night of you know every night of the week. Um, my buddy Alfred right here when he's not on tour with me. During the week, he'll go and, and, and do spots around town. And, and You know what I mean? And it's, it's one of those, you know, there's, there's a lot of places for comedy. Do you have international appeal? Because yes. I hear about these com- comedians going to like... Like, Ru- you- like Russell Peters. He all over the fucking place. Yes. Have you done like an international tour? Big, yeah. Uh, Russell me, Pe- tell Russell me Peters. every. First of all, are you married? No. Okay, you're not married. So we're going to get into this tour. So Russell Peters what? Russell Peters was the guy who inspired me to start working outside of the United States. Okay. Um, this guy is just, you know, I, he's like, you know, he's, he's a megastar everywhere. And um, I did a internationally. show. Internationally. Internationally. Uh, did he make like $30 million in one year? Uh, yeah, I think he made half of that because I think that was the year he got a divorce. Um, <laughs> but but sorry, Russell. Um, Jesus, I, I performed sucks. with Russell in in uh, Amman, Jordan, in Jordan, and that was my like my first time really going out there to do a show, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to relate to the crowd. And you know what? The whole world understands uh, American style comedy. They follow our politics. They follow our. Kardashians, they know all of our culture, they get our slang. So, I mean, if you're talking about an older generation, yeah, you're going to get lost, but everybody understands English. Right. The new generation. So, so where have you been doing comedy? Where, like, tell me all the countries. Oh, wow. Oh, man, we can go down the list. Uh, Norway, Sweden, Belgium, uh, Netherlands, um, oh, let's see, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, um, Estonia. Esto- Estonia. Where the fuck is Estonia? Exactly. Oh, 
Yeah, it's up by Russia. It's a 35-minute flight to Moscow. Whoa. Yeah. And, I mean, Australia. Well, did you go Sing- there? Did they know who you are? Yes. That's the craziest part. That's the beauty of the internet. That's Comics back nuts. in the day could not do what comics of today can do thanks to social media. You know, and a lot of times artists get upset. They're like, oh, man, people are out there sharing my content. I'm not getting paid for that. Like, no, man, that's a free commercial for whenever you go out live. If you're not performing live, I can see them getting upset because that's their only source of income. Right. But if you're out there, man, people say, I saw you on the YouTube. I saw you performing on the YouTube. They didn't say I saw you on Comedy Central, HBO Showtime, the YouTube. You know, I, I go perform in Malaysia, same thing. That's Singapore, crazy, same thing. Man. Australia. Singapore. I mean, uh, all these different places where it's like, really? People know me here? And that that's that's a mind fuck and a half when you get there and they're losing their shit. And, and they, and they came to see you. They came to see you. So so when you're in Australia at this point, do you do like a like uh what are you doing? Like a like equivalent to the garden or like small theaters? Like equivalent like, to the garden. Sydney the well, the Sydney Opera House was the first time. The last time was the um the uh what's the arena the quant quantus quantus arena and, <laughs> i know right we called it quantus and you 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 all right so in, introduce yourself what up alfred robles okay and and you you hit uh, uh gabriel to the, to the podcast gabriel doesn't know the fuck what the fuck he's doing here <laughs> <laughs> so 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 no, i thought we were going to pet feral cats <laughs> <laughs> so so you you go to play these places i mean australia they, you know they have a a reputation for enjoying comedy Australia is probably one of the most awesome places to perform as a comedian because political correctness, they're the complete... They don't give op- a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Are you able to let your hair down a little bit in terms I, of comedy? I am. I am. Um, I'll cuss. I'll, I'll definitely cuss in, in my shows in Australia, and I might push it a little bit more. Like right now, you just heard me talk about the arena. The arena's called Qantas, but in Australia, the word cunt is used like freaking... It's it's, right. it's like not a big deal. It's right. Like, it's like bro. Right. You know? Right. So, but like here, it's like a misdemeanor. <laughs> right. Yeah, you say that oh, here. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a misdemeanor plus like plus a, like at least a, a night in a can now. But yeah, Australia's super fun. And and you open for, for, for Gabe? Yeah, I've been opening for uh, 15, oh, a little bit longer, like 18 years. So what, for you, you what has been like the uh, a moment like where you're like, wow. I mean, there must be a bunch of them, you know, oh, like dude, yeah, the, every day, bro, being here. Ah, no, but like in terms of a comedy, like when you're like, this is fucking nuts. Like you, you're you're doing Staples, you're doing you're doing Madison Square, you're doing like all these places, these places. It's it's like living a lie, bro. Because you can't tell anybody this. Because if you tell them that, they're gonna be like, "Shut up, bro. You're at the haha with thirty people." Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes you feel like you don't want to tell them because you're like kind of like showing off. I got you. And you don't want to get that vibe. You I know got what you. I mean? So every day is it's it's something different. And and internet. Do you speak Spanish? Oh yes. Do you speak Spanish? Yes. Do you perform in Spanish? We can. And we have, but it's, it's you know, uh, we did shows. Do you have to alter, like, in terms, like, I don't speak Spanish. I barely it's, speak it's, English. It's, it's hard because, you know, a lot of the words are flipped. And the uh, whenever you translate, you always lose in the, in the translation. So um, I can do a solid 15 minutes and kill in Spanish. But after that, then my tongue gets tired. And then, I you know, I, I still think in English. So I understand. It's, it's, uh, and you're used to doing the performance. Yeah. And, and, and also, too. We don't get a chance to practice. I got you. I think if we did a show like every night for a month, I'd be on point. But going to Mexico and doing a couple shows, it's, you know, we had to to practice. But can you take jokes and, and, and flip them in Spanish, like a joke like that kicks ass over here? Will it kick ass in Spanish? Just in it's terms a little of, different on the other side of the I, wall, bro. I got you. 
<laughs> I got you. They, yeah, they, they could care less over there. No, me vale madre, Cleveland, Ohio, no sé qué le estás hablando. You know, it's, some, some things do translate, some things don't. All right, so you guys are both single. A couple of vague questions, because I know you guys keep it PC. But you're fucking comedic rock stars. You've been all over the world. Both of you. What country have you been like, yo, forget the fucking jokes. Forget the fucking, forget the arenas. Like, this is like where the baddest chicks are. Scandinavian yeah. countries. They love us over there, bro. They're tired of looking at the tall white guys with green eyes. Yeah, brown, rotted, brown, bro. chubby is exotic over there. <laughs> brown and chubby, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hair. <laughs> they, no, they're, <laughs> they're pretty over there. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gorgeous. They're, they're gorgeous. They're, you see people like in, that, like in everyday life, let, let me, like let me, at the coffee let me, shop. Let me tell you right now, a girl that you see working a drive thru at a McDonald's in, let's say, um, give me, a, give me a good one, like a Norway, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Stavang, yeah, somewhere in, in Norway, is like, um, you see like an LA eight. Right. Working a drive-thru. Right. Look at that. Mickey D's, bro. Yeah. They're like, just no an attractive crop of people. Just, it's like, wow. It's seriously, there. there's, <laughs> it's pure. Really? It is pure. Where else? What other, what other country? Did you play Italy? Uh, no, we haven't played it in Italy. Is there like, is there a fan base for you in Italy? Like, are there, like can you play? You know, Italy? It, we can. It's just one of those where we haven't gone. You know, we haven't ventured there yet. Spain. There's, uh, I we yeah, I performed in um Rota, Spain. And what kind of place were you? Did you play in, in Rota, Spain? Like, is it a? Is it like? Did you just do a? Uh, gig? It, was an, it was. You know, the, I I should take that one back. Uh, it was an airplane hangar for military, so that one doesn't technically you. count. Did, so it did, wasn't for locals, but did, all the other shows are locals. Have you done those military gigs? Yeah. And what is that like? like you know, have you done like where they fly you over like secret ops type of shit? A, a, a military gig is almost in the vein of like one of those college gigs where they they put a bunch of rules on you. Oh, you right. know, they're like, I'll oh, be but careful. For you, that's be fine because you don't do politics. No, no, and that's the number one rule. Whenever you do military shows, that's they don't the number one rule. Yeah. Do not talk about the president we'll throw of the you United out of a States. fucking para a plane and we'll <laughs> fucking parachute you're, you're your gone. ass you're right. gone and then uh today what are the what are those kids like though when you're over there are they so happy to see you they're excited you know i'm it's sure a piece of home the 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 number one thing i hear is man you were talking about this one restaurant and you were talking about being over here and you know we forget they're out there for a yeah. long time and so you do bring a little piece of home Right. When you start talking, yeah, I say, oh man, so I was, I was at a Waffle House and like, oh my God, you know, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Just making any little references that, that feels good to them. I got you. They, and they appreciate it. Uh, uh, I but, just don't like the fact that they say like, oh, you got to be careful with language. You got to be careful with this. I'm like, really be careful with language? This is US military. If they can't handle a couple words, right. we're in trouble. It's not them though. It's, it's, it's just... the higher ups, of course. Okay. So back to the chicks. What other country? <laughs> Give me this. <laughs> Cause, Cause, I don't. I've never traveled that much, and I'm a married man. But I'm, I'm fascinated by, like, you know, this. this oh, so you swear I'm railing freaking Scandinavian women? Oh, no, you're, I'm, you're, I'm just looking at. No, them. you guys. I saw the twinkle in your eye when you said Scandinavian. <laughs> women. No, they're beautiful. They are. What other? What, the hot dog carts, bro. Yeah. Is there? Hot, there's hot dog carts. They got awesome hot dog carts out there. They got good hot dogs. Nah, they got, yeah. They got, they got bad bitches. Nah, I, got good, some, I got me some of them hot dogs. Yo. I got you. Yo, man, I spanked me a hot dog or two. What? Uh, what? Uh, what? What's the other country that you could say like you guys are? international travelers that you'd say you got to go here uh, Ooh, i haven't been there but i've always wanted to go to uh freaking brazil you haven't performed in brazil i haven't performed in brazil right everybody but, but just every image i've ever seen of brazil is you, just what like you mean wow. image you mean porno 
Well, well no, you know, I'm just I, like, I, I just, I'm, I've seen those too, but I, uh, <laughs> and they have a good soccer team, bro. Right. No, I, I, I know, but flip it, right? Brazil, Brazil's reputation for women. I, I, I want to go to Brazil too. I'm afraid if I go to Brazil, I won't come back. Because mm. like that, yeah, that's it, you know, and that's what I would always tell my ex. I said, hey, you know what? If, if I ever go to Brazil, that means we're done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, because you unless you go together. Because even if you go together, like I'm gonna go get a coffee. I'll be right back, sweetheart. Yeah. Wait, wait right here. Be about a half hour. Um. Definitely so, the Scandinavian countries to, okay. to answer your question. Okay, yeah. so let me ask you this. I'll ask both of you guys this. You guys could go back and forth. You can't repeat the same answer. Top five stand-up performances, either concert, Netflix special, uh, you know, like because everybody always has top, top five rappers. So you guys go back and forth. Top five uh, stand-up performances, in your opinion. Gabe, you go first. Top five stand-up comedy performances. It, it could be it could be on an album, it could be live, it could be a film, whatever it is. Eddie Murphy Raw. Richard Pryor. Which one? Uh Life from Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. Yeah. Sunset Strip. Uh, Chris Rock, Bring the Pain. Wow. Your first special. Oh that's and that's called job security. <laughs> you saw that? You saw that right there? You saw that? Wait for my third fucking answer, bro. Because you gave him a hand signal. You were the three. I didn't know what that was. You were like, say it at three, you motherfucker, you. I was like, wow. He's Don't been do a, it first. It'll be too obvious. He's been, do work, it three. He's been working with Gabe a long time. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Wait, um, okay, so you, you're up. Uh, you've, done, you've done three. This is your third. This yeah, this is the third. Um, Robin Williams live at the Met. That's a good one. Uh, Bill Hicks. The, um, uh, the, the, the I, I just I just don't remember the names of them. That's the all right. That's all right. You knew his though. You didn't yeah, even know yeah, fucking Gabe's number. You're like Gabe's first one, whatever the fuck it was called. You're number four. Hot or fluffy. <laughs> uh, definitely the the first uh, uh, HBO Dice special. I want to say was it Dice Rules. The one, yeah. where, the one, the one from Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I think it was Dice Rolls. That first one when he was hitting with. I mean, it was that yeah. was like, what is this? I remember seeing that too as a kid, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And the crowd, you know, because unless you had saw it live, you didn't know. Like the crowd was so involved, and they were like hickory dickory duck. They were so like on his every word, and it was so vulgar. And I and I, I mean, but like as watching him perform and the cursing and the the stuff, it was like, it was almost like watching like a porno, like in terms of the vulgarity of it, but it was so original and so bugged out. So that's a good choice for Mitch, Mitch Hedberg's first um, 30 minute special on Comedy Central. Okay. Ooh. All right. Uh, George Carlin, uh, live from Carnegie Hall. Okay. Uh, Damon Wayne's first HBO special. Oh, really good. All right. That's a good top. That's, that's top tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. How big uh, 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 can comedy get, and what's the bubble on it? You hear about these comedians, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, obviously, Chappelle, 20, 20, 20 million dollars for four specials. I don't even know if it was 20 each or whatever. The last one, and I'm, I love Chappelle. That, the last one was like, oh, I can make 20 million. Let's just set up some fucking cameras at the comedy At the comedy <laughs> talking about that. Yeah, like all the other specials, big production and, and stuff. It's like, And they were like, you can make 20 more. And, and the like, last just- one, he's like, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna save a couple bucks. It was a good special. And it was I, different. I, I mean, it. and it was sort of like he, intimate. It was, it was so slow raw. Paced. Um, like 
Kevin Hart has definitely set the bar for how big a comedy special can be. Uh, I was there for the the filming. Uh, I can say it was a filming. It wasn't a taping. It was a filming of his his, uh, last special. Uh, what now in uh, Philadelphia? Right in the in the, I was football, there at the stadium. football stadium. I want to say it was something ridiculous. It was over definitely over fifty thousand people there for for comedy. Was that crazy to see that? It was it was crazy. I mean, I remember driving down the street and it, it looked like I was attending a football game. You know, people were tailgating. Are you serious? I mean, there's lines. I mean, there's just it was insane to get in. It took wow. us twenty minutes to to get into the stadium. Wow. Just to get in, you know, and then find our seats, and then you know we're sitting there, and and you know he had a helicopter flying over doing passes to get shots. Aerial, wow! Aerial. When you have aerial shots in your special, wow! That's fucking crazy. <laughs> While he was performing, uh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, fuck a drone. Yeah, fuck a drone. Right. I got a helicopter. Right. I got a helicopter. Right. I'm not using helicopter. a fucking little bullshit drone. drone. No. The drone won't pick up the, the yeah. enormity of this. That's no, no, no. crazy. Yeah. So, but what do you think? I thought of- I was killing it with a drone. We got we got a drone. <laughs> right. Like, hey, I go, hey, did you get the drone shot outside? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> what, but so so what do you think? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Will it will the like because I was around um in the in the 80s, uh, I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles and during the disco time of comedy, like in the, when it was, and then the bubble burst, you know, like, because it was the Dices and all these guys and it was huge and then it sort of plopped and then it went away, comedy sort of went away and then it came back with the Dane Cooks. Dane Cook and MySpace. Blew He's, it back up. He did. People don't give Dane Cook enough credit. I, think I agree. A, there was a lot of hating back then on Dane Cook. Dane Cook, blah, blah, blah. It was blah. his genes. He's a college act. He's only blah for frats. He, he's this and that. They they freaking just beat him up. I agree. But, but they did not give him enough credit because, man, he, he he grabbed that bull by the horns, man, and ran with it. Uh, he, he basically, I, I venture to say, he helped build MySpace up even more. You know, his following was stupid. It was him and Tila Tequila at the time that were right. that, that took over MySpace. And those shows, man, I mean, he would just do a post and sell out. He didn't need to promote. All he had to do was go on and tell his right, fans. Right, I remember that HBO special. You know, it, it was it was insane. He, he he was definitely a rock star comic. Yes. You know, and, and he, he definitely needs a little bit more credit. Um, I think that Kevin Hart, what he's done with it, he, he's taken it to a whole different place. And... I don't think that it can get any bigger. I know that um, I know that Eddie Izzard uh-huh. did a huge show years and years and years ago. I want to say that that was the original comedy record of him doing a show. Uh, it was one of those venues, a big venue, like a Wimbledon, somewhere out there in, right. in, in, in Europe. Uh, I think he had the previous record. But Kevin Hart is consistently doing massive shows. But so do, are you worried that like it'll stop? Not just for you, just but just for comedy. Like it'll be like, fuck it. I don't want to f- keep doing this. Like it's just too much. Too. We've seen too much. I definitely think that there's a. It's a wave, and I think that yeah. If if uh, you know, if we're not careful, we're gonna. Because I mean, for the longest time, Comedy Central was cranking out special after special after special, and if everyone's getting one, then it's not really special, special anymore. It's like, well, here's the new one. Here's the latest. That's why I, I give a lot of credit to Netflix. Netflix does a lot more vetting. And uh, I mean, every now and then they'll get a deal where they'll get like a special for like, you know, a quarter and you can see it. You can see that it, you know, that it's like, uh, or you can see, and I'm not naming some people, but I just saw somebody, I was like, motherfucker got paid a lot. And like, he just was like, again, it was like, oh, they're giving me this money. I'm going to go do a special. And I'm like, this, like a special, like the ones we just rattled off, like, you know, those were like crafted, you know what I mean? Like only so many people 
Like Burr is somebody who who I'm a fan of. Like that motherfucker could just keep doing a brand Bill, new. Bill Burr is consistently one of the best comics out there. Uh, huge fan of Bill Burr's. I think he he doesn't get enough credit either. Yeah. He's, he's man. This dude he's a, is just he's, he's a beast. A, yeah, he is. He's a beast, and, and <laughs> even on his like the fact that he does a podcast and like he's not doing current events. Like he'll talk about a game, but that motherfucker could just. Bill Burr doesn't breathe though. He doesn't breathe. He just talks. Right. You know, he doesn't take a breath. That guy right. just go, 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 right. go, 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 right. go, go, go. Right. I agree. He's fucking good. Um, all right. You're doing, tell me, just plug, tell me, anticipation. What are you doing in Netflix? You got two shows? Uh, I, I signed a deal with Netflix to do two specials and my own sitcom. Okay. So two comedy specials. Two comedy specials and a sitcom. Now, my f- question about the, the specials, when, when they give you a special, is it, in the contract, it has to be a certain amount of time, or do they like? Do you, does it have to be over forty-five minutes? Does it have to be less than an hour? How does, how does that work? That is a great question. Thank uh, you. In the past, yeah, no, no, the time thing is—it's always been a big deal for me. You could be like, here's thirty minutes. That's my special. Uh, the minimum on a on a Netflix special, I, I want to say it's an hour. <laughs> now, that's pro- part of the contract. Minimum, minimum of an hour. Um, in the past, I ran into a problem where. I would go really long on my specials, and they would say, you have to trim it down. In the edit? Yeah, you have to trim it down. I mean, I, I've done that in the past when I did specials on Comedy Central. It was way too long. They, they chopped one of my specials and made it a two-parter because okay. it was so long. And so I have a, a habit of, of going a little bit over. Right. Like, uh, so knowing that, <laughs> Netflix, actually, uh, they wanted me to go do a, a longer special. Okay. Longer than an hour. So so, is it daunting? Like, you, have you shot these two specials yet? No, I haven't shot them yet. Uh, I plan on doing the first one in January. In, okay, and, and the second one is due before uh, twenty twenty. And in, in your head, you know, like I need till January. We're in May right now to to craft this brand new hour. Or is it like you know, like it, like to me, if like there were like an hour, like I'm not a comic, but I'm like, fuck, man, that's a. That's a lot of talking. Like we've been talking on this podcast just forty-seven minutes, and I'm talking to, to to it's now three of us. Like an hour on stage alone is that like a daunting thing for you at this point? Plus, you've done so much in the past, and there's expectations. You got specials; they paid you. You feel the pressure. You want to service the crowd. Are you like fuck? How do I come up with this brand new hour? Uh, you know what the cool part was is that Netflix saw the performance at Staples. And already knew that I had the hour plus. Okay, so this... So the material was already there. So for this first one that you're going to shoot in January, you feel like you have it. And that, then, that material's there. Okay, it's, so... It's, I'm working on the second one. I got you. I got you. So you like, And so you're able to compartmentalize this bit, this story, this joke. This is going to be for this first special. And this is for that one. And yeah. then everything... Like, obviously, more, like more stuff, more living, more jokes, more bits will come up. By between, that time. between now and then, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. you got to figure, I, I got to get ready for the sitcom. Uh, I know I got to drop a ton of weight. For the sitcom? Know. Yeah, to be in a, you know, I, I need to make sure I pass that physical, man. I need to make sure that I'm able to deliver every Let day. Let me tell you something. If you, can't pass, if you can't pass a Screen Actors Guild physical, <laughs> you're in fucked up shape. Well, when you're, <laughs> hey. Because those physicals are, those yeah. aren't physical. No, yeah I, you, yeah, I know exactly the doctor you go to. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your headshot on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in there. They, there's, that's not a fucking physical. Like, you're in there. Like, how can you bring it here? They'll, they'll give you a milkshake in the fucking physical. Screen actors get guilt physicals. Are, those aren't fucking physical. Like, I'm like, why don't you why, why, why just call the, the guy and let him yeah, know I'm breathing? I'm good, Doc. Fine, you know, Put like, your fingers to your neck. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right, count. 
cough. Like, I'm good, Doc. You can FaceTime the Screen Actors Guild. Doctor. Hold the camera to your balls. That's funny. You're good. But so, so you, for your sitcom, why do you say you want to lose a ton of weight? And well, how, I, well, how much I'll, is a ton to you? Like, what do you... Well, I'd like to lose at least 30, 40 pounds okay. between now and, and Just because you want to look good. Well, I want to look, but I want to feel better too. I know, like right now, I don't feel I don't feel great right now. Right. I'm in the process of of rebuilding my whole tour and going back out there and stuff. And I just I want to feel better. I got you. You know, I, I'm a big guy, but I I can still be a big guy, but be be a little bit lighter and be a, a little more fleet of foot. I want to make sure that my, my knees aren't hurting. Right. I know that those those thirty forty pounds is going to make the difference on my knees and just on my you know my sugar levels. I'm You're diabetic. diabetic. Yeah, you got to be careful with the diabetes, man. Oh yeah. You know, I had a friend. Fife Dog from, from A Tribe Called Quest, the funky diabetic. Diabetes, I mean, you know the deal with diabetes. You can't fuck around with diabetes. It's, yeah. I mean, as it is, I'm already getting the, the signs on my legs. And Come it's on, just, man. So, you don't want to uh, fuck around with diabetes. You don't want to fuck around with diabetes. Do you have to like... Are, are You guys are obviously friends. You're, you're partners. You work together. Uh, he, he's a fucking strong army. I saw him strong army to mention his special right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> strong arm. Yeah. He's... <laughs> Do you, like when you're on the road, it, it, like because when I travel, like traveling, whether you're on vacation right. or or you know doing gigs, it's an unhealthy environment. Forget forget the like the, the extremes, but just the planes, the fucking the the, the meals, it's shit. H- how do you 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 guys maintain yourselves on the road? Because it you know you get sick. There's fucking pancakes in every place. You know you you got a running run gun. Like there's no time for obviously Fluffy's not a vegetarian. Well, what do you like? <laughs> Well, what, how is that? Like, is the is the, is the lifestyle? I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> it's it's hard, bro, because we're on a tour bus, so it's kind of. Oh, and, you're on a tour bus. Yeah, and then we're in the middle of nowhere. In the bro. United States, you're on a tour bus. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of hard, but we're doing better. I got you. Why don't you tell them how you how you you said vegetarian? Are you vegetarian? <sighs> I was, bro. I I'm was dabbling a, with. Are you are you Mexican? I'm Mexican. Yeah. Mexican vegetarian. Hey, I, I, That's, I just I just strong armed him back in the barbecues. Yeah. <laughs> He was a, he went vegetarian for what like two years for a year and a half. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't fucking fire his ass. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. We there was a lot of secret meetings about how the fuck are we gonna go find a restaurant so that we can accommodate this fool in his salad. Right. You know, it's like we want to go eat at this one place, and it's like, oh my god, all they have is meat. Right. No, I get it. I've been dabbling with it for health reasons. Yes, yes. And I stopped eating red meat in 2012. For, for I, had, I had a lot of back issues. And I stopped eating red meat and, bro, it went away. I, I Listen, as much as I, I, I hate to say that I agree with you, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's body is different. Listen, you're a fucking beast. I appreciate you guys coming uh, on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I c- wish you continued success. I wish you continued uh, health Good health. Um, we get these thirty fucking pounds off. Maybe we go for fifty. Uh, we got to be lean and mean for 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 the sitcom. For the you know sitcom. they got those fake stairs when you're going up to like you know you're going up to your room. Who who created the sitcom? <laughs> That's funny. My, my pilot had the fake stairs. You know what I'm saying? It's like the ten stairs. <laughs> you like, turn now you're against a brick wall. It gets yeah. tiring after take six. <laughs> who's who created the sitcom? Like who's writing it with you? Uh, Kevin Hench. He was the uh, the showrunner on um, Last Man Standing okay. and uh, the creator of uh, Cristela Show. And Co-creator. you're. And and when will that start airing on on Netflix? Well, let's see. If we're going to start production sometime in September, I venture to say, you know, I don't know. It depends on when Netflix one wants to release it. Are you going to shoot all of them and then they like the way they do Netflix? Yeah. You shoot them so all, they can binge watch. How many? How many do you think? How many are they ordered for the Ten. beginning? Good for you, man. Ten out the gate. So I'm pretty like, woo, okay. And this ain't a pilot. It's all the way. And what is it based? Is it based on your life? Like like, or did they come to you with the idea, or did you have the idea? It's the uh, the premises. 
what would have happened if if I would have chose uh, becoming a teacher over becoming a comedian. So I'm actually playing myself because it was either comedy or becoming a teacher. I got you. And so I was always talking about, oh, you know, if I wouldn't done if I wouldn't have done comedy, I would have been a teacher. I got you. And so the whole idea is me being a teacher in the Long Beach Unified School District. I got you. But your personality and it's me. Yeah. All right. Listen, I uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I appreciate you coming uh, uh, to rock with me on the podcast. I wish you guys both success. Watch out for the Scandinavian women. Watch out for the Scandinavian <laughs> hot dogs. Keep killing it. Keep doing your thing. And just, you know, keep being fluffy, man. I, you make people happy. And, and, I, and I really like talking to you. And I love uh, uh, the way you look at things. I, I respect it. Thank you. All right, you guys. You. I'm going to go find that feral cat for you. Go get. Watch. We're going to go outside. We're going to find some fucking cats. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. All right, it's time. It's time to do this. It's time to do this. We're going to play a great game. A great game of sick fuck of the week or beyond. Now, I, I heard a little echo there. We're going to play sick fuck of the week or beyond with Judge Dean Collins. We have a potpourri of all sorts of sick fucks. And we're going to get right down to business. We're going to get to every single thing that's on the docket. Judge Dean Collins will decide, is it a sick fuck? Are they beyond sick fucks? Let's bring in Judge Dean Collins. Let me get a round of applause. Okay, here we go. It's another episode of Sick Fuck of the Week or Beyond. Echo will not go away with uh, Judge Dean Collins. Hello, Michael. I'm glad Th- to be back. Thank you uh, for joining us, uh, Judge. I know your time is is, is uh, very uh, busy. You're a busy I've had person. A very busy schedule. Very, very tight. Uh, you're, you're a judge. Um, you don't just work here at the Iron Rap Poor Stereo no, Podcast. No, I go case by case, and but I'm happy to be here. You sound bundle. real calm today. Yeah, I'm chill. I'm just like why, a, why are you chill? Vi- I'm in a very zen mood. I, why? I'm not gonna lie. I actually smoked a little bit before before today the podcast. So you're you're um, you're you're a high judge. You're a judge who's... It's actually... Well, it's legal out in California. So, I mean, I'm not a high judge. But I you're say, at work right I wouldn't now. say I'm high. I wouldn't say, oh, I'm high. And but I'm you making sound a... chill. Did, did, how'd, you get your, um, how'd you get your plant? Oh, well, I get the plant. And you're supposed to call them flowers. By the way, don't say, you know, where do, where do you get your weed? Like when, people... when you go to the weed place, do you refer to it as it, weed? Or... Exactly. It's not the weed place. You could call it the flower store now. Um, but It's not the flower store. Everybody knows a fucking weed joint. I, it's I, a dispensary I, that sells weed. That's how I feel. But I went in there. They get with... offended if you say. Uh... They're, you, you're, they're very, very touchy with uh, the use of the word weed. Or, you know, they say use bud or use flower. And um, Bud sounds sketchy as fuck. Bud sound def- that sounds really sketchy to me. But you know, I haven't really been in in the game um, for that long since it's been uh, legalized now out here in California. And I I went in with an old wreck. Uh, uh, What's a wreck? It's like um, paperwork that says even a recommendation. A recommendation, doctor's exactly recommendation. from a doctor. From the doctor. Don't talk short uh, short form because not everybody. This is a worldwide I got podcast. You. I not got everybody you. is living in a state. They're not used to that Cal- that L A weed. Well, that just the, the, the terminology of like you know, like legalized weed terminology, like my rack, my, my okay, an old sorry, rack, sorry. a new rack. Sorry, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll explain those those this, types of things. This, so. you, now you're starting to sound like you're fucking high. No, man, don't okay. put that into my head. Right, I feel, okay. I'm feeling good. Okay, I don't go need ahead. the stress. Uh, but no, I walked into this place, yep. and they said, "You just show me your California ID. You don't have to sign up for any paperwork. You don't have to give as me your long phone as you number. Got your license. That's it." And I was like, uh, "That's it? Like, yeah." I mean, it was it was incredible, and I, I walked in, I got the uh, quote unquote flower, 
And uh, I walked out. Did you say uh, what kind of flowers are you I, saying I don't or say, what kind I, of weed you got? I let them correct me. I'll just be like, what kind of, yeah, like what, what's what's the best strain you have? So what'd you walk away with today? Uh, I walked away with something called Jackie O. That so was, Jackie O. I was smoking that Onassis. Does that make you feel like you got your head blown off? That, that... That's a little too soon. From a little too soon. I understand. Bro. I understand. Maybe that's that's what they were going for too unintentionally. I didn't think about it like that until you said it. But I have to I say, mean, it does make me uncomfortable when you say that. A strain of Jack Yo. That's the first thing. Like maybe it makes you feel like you you, you just got your head blown off. I, I, I'm in a very zen mode, like I just told you. So it's complete opposite. Maybe they were being ironic. I don't fucking know. It like like that gorilla glue. You know that that's not a, like you're like you're, I just you picture know. like me. Like being fucking stuck to a couch, like, like just not being Gorilla able to move. Glue. Like certain weed strains or yeah. flowers, as they call them. They name if you yeah, name like a Charlie flower, Sheen. They, they have Charlie tra- Sheen. They did when that was a whole thing, you know, and that was like you go <laughs> right, fucking they have crazy. That tiger's blood. That's right. That goofy grape. Still, they have that. They have that. that they got that Tiger Woods where you you you, you being uh you're not being that's too like, faithful to your girl. That's like fuck weed. That's that fuck. It's that like fuck Viagra weed. of weed. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Anyway, cool. so it's been yeah, it's been good. I feel good. All right. Cool. Well, listen. Uh, uh, you know the name of the show. Uh, it's sick fuck of the week or beyond. Uh, for new listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and I suspect there are many, many, many. Um, I present a sick fuck of the week. Uh, sick fuck of the week is is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, not given. Um, I'm presenting it today uh, uh, to special judge Dean Collins. Overruled. What are you, you, what are you talking about? No, I, I, I actually don't know what that means, but I just wanted to say it sounded good. Listen, 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 listen. Just I know that's what they ju- say, or that's what we say as judges. judges. We say that. Okay, I'm explaining the rules to the Go new listeners. There's, they come in groves each week. Um, I, I present uh, the case, uh, all the cases on the docket to Judge Collins, and he will say... That is, yes, a standard classified sick fuck, or this person is beyond. They are beyond the threshold uh, of what we could tolerate or accept as an award-winning sick fuck of the week, and they are beyond the sick fuck of the week. And then the gavel sound will go down, uh, as you could hear right now. You don't have to hear the gavel sound. I'm just doing a gavel. I have a gavel that I'm doing. I know, but the sound. When you you bang your gavel, it sounds like this. Yeah, like there's me. I'm banging my gavel. Okay, so uh, Judge Collins, first up uh, on the docket for today. Um, this is a former sick fuck of the week, and I just wanted to do a quick update. Continue. Uh, uh, the science teacher in Idaho who fed a puppy. Mm-hmm. I've heard about this man. To a snapping turtle full of students. He's a science teacher. He, he took a puppy and fed it to a snapping turtle as a science experiment. He has been charged, uh, faces misdemeanor uh, uh, accounts of animal cruelty, and I just wanted to give an update on him. Uh, it, it, three months after the in- incident, it sparked a national uproar. He has been charged. Uh, he might face right now six months in jail and could be fined up to $5,000 for feeding a puppy to a snapper turtle in, in a, a room full of students. Yeah, I, I mean, Michael, this is, a, this is a case that sounds very familiar to me, but then I go back to the other sick fucks that we've had on uh, in this court, and it kind of reminds me of the raccoons being drowned uh, by one of the teachers. I think she, she had all the students drown the raccoons. Yes. This is a very similar case. Um, yes. So I'm going to have to kind of look at it in a similar light. I, I, I believe with that case, I said sick fuck of the week. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be another sick fuck 
of the week with this case. Um, but if we get another one of these things where, where teachers are having their students drown certain animals or, or feed them, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say there's going to be the beyond category coming up. But I want this out of my courtroom, uh, and I'm just gonna hit case closed. The sick fuck of the week. Okay. Well, a uh, a Michigan State physicist. Mm. A Michigan State physicist. This is like a respected. Sounds really smart, intelligent person. Obviously, has been charged by the attorney's general offices, uh, office of the state of Michigan. Again, this is a guy like that. Sounds like a high prestige job. You're a physicist at Michigan State. Like people are there trying to learn about whatever. You could be a physicist at at, at Phoenix College out in Arizona. You're you're genius. It still sounds good. It's great. Joseph Hatley, fifty-one. Uh, faces up to 15 years in prison if convicted. He has been convicted on uh, the crime is called bestiality. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, this gentleman uh, allegedly penetrated a dog with both his hand and his penis. Uh, the court, if you look at him, doesn't look like your conventional sick fuck of the week. Uh, kind of looks like a physicist guy. Does, doesn't look, I wouldn't say he's on the side of like, oh, that's definitely your your sick fuck of the week, your typical sick fuck of the week. Um, charges could face 15 years in the can uh, for having his way with a dog with both his hand and his penis. I don't need to hear any more, Michael. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and give my sentencing now. Um, this is a beyond sick fuck of the week to me. I, wow. have, I have to tell you. Um, is it because you know, you're a one, dog person? No, I'm not a dog person. You know, I'd I, I like to keep my personal details out of the courtroom. You know, I, I do have a cat, but I do respect dogs a lot. And I, I actually enjoy their company sometimes. Um, but I would like to say that this is a beyond. He's not feeding it to another animal. He's not having kids do it for him. This is a guy who doesn't look like your conventional sick fuck of the week. And that makes me very alarmed. Um, in Dallas, Mary Harrison, Mary Harrison, who looks kind of like a sick fuck, um, and her husband was definitely a sick fuck. And this is a two-part one, so you got to listen. Mary Harrison of Dallas, Texas, shot and killed her husband. Now, I wouldn't bring that up if there wasn't a twist Uh, here. I'm ready for the twist. The reason the straw that broke the camel's back for Mary Harrison, who's 47 years old, to shoot and kill her husband is because her husband was beating the family cat. Now, this is tricky here. This is, is Mary a Harrison tricky, a sick yes. fuck? Is the husband a sick fuck? Uh, 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 where do we stand here? Yes. Um, I, I, well, look, the, the fact is the husband, his name is Barry? Yes. Yeah, no, Bar- no, her name is Mary. And what's I don't the know husband's what this, name? I don't know what this the poor bastard Let's call him Barry. So there's Mary and Barry. Um, obviously, it's a fucked up family situation. The dynamic's crazy in that house. I'm going to go ahead and hand Barry the sick fuck of the week sentencing. Uh, it's a shame what happened to him at the end. Uh, his time was up and it expired clearly. <laughs> but he was beating this poor fucking, this cat. And, uh, um, you know. What I'm, about Mary? I, Is she look, a sick look, fuck I, or, I, I or think, should she be? I, I think it, it, I'm going to have to give this one a self-defense verdict I in a way it. so i'm gonna have she to was put defending Mary. the cat she was but i'm still gonna put her in a sick fuck of the week category but it was self-defense partly and i'm just gonna have to say overturned on this one uh please give me the next case okay no problem this is a potential sick fuck of the week on the loose okay on the loose this guy hasn't been found but in maine you know, maine's like sort of a progressive state sure very forward thinking but there's an old school regime out there Bald eagle, the animal. That's the symbol of America. Bald eagle. This is also a rare species. Yes. They're not like fucking pigeons. They're not everywhere. No. no. 
I mean, you see a bald eagle. Holy shit, that's a fucking bald eagle. They're right. Pigeons, Someone get a like, picture. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. You walk and get a pigeon. They're disgusting. Yeah. Bald eagle is like a bald eagle. Some right. animal uh, uh, shot and killed a bald eagle, which they said was at close range, and left it in a bucket on a dirt road in Maine. Officials are offering a reward to find the bird's killer. When they find this guy who shot and killed the symbol of America, the bald eagle, yes. a rare species... Where are you lining this guy that's, up to that's, be? That's a very... Uh, Where do you see this... If they find this killer... Yes. Uh, well, I would hope that if they found the killer, he would be uh, coming to my courtroom and uh, I could give this verdict myself in person. Oh. Uh, I'm going to have to say... Um, I just have a question for you. Did he shoot the bird in close proximity and then kindly put him in the bucket and, and put him on, on a display for the world to say... No, hey, it was like he was hiding this. it. But they said it was like shot at close range, which I, I listen, I'm not a weapons expert. And if we need to bring in a forensic Listen, we guy, don't need to bring anybody in. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. You fucking killed the symbol of America. You didn't eat it. It wasn't like you killed it. You wanted to cook no. it and you were starving. It, was, it wasn't a poor homeless man that needed it to survive for the, his remaining hours. But this piece of shit, didn't, he didn't kill a pigeon. But I'm still going to have to say it's a sick fuck of the week. I cannot go beyond. Because it's a staple of America, I can't go beyond. I agree. But, but you're a sick fuck for not eating the goddamn thing. At least eat the fucking thing. Right. Can you eat eagle? I don't care. People eat dogs and fucking cats in China and this and that. If You know, if you pro- fucking provide for your family meal. I okay. don't know. Okay. All right. Well, this is a, a case in Nashville, Tennessee, where uh, I think these these gym workers... I'm sorry, is this a new case? New case. Oh, can I ask you then before that, uh, what's next on the docket, Michael? Oh, you just wanted to say docket. <laughs> well. Okay, what's next on the docket is in Nashville, Tennessee, police are looking for a man. These are two men that worked in a gym, like a local gym, a fitness center. Sure. Balance training. You know balance training. Yeah, in Bell Mead Galleria shop. It's in a fucking shopping mall. Okay, yeah. Okay, in Tennessee. Uh, one worker... Uh, Dominique Michelli is uh, looking for, uh, he's on the loose. Uh, He got into a a beef over some weights um, and and some paranoia in the gym. And these guys were both apparently pumped up. Uh, uh, Dominique, who's on the run, he's on the lam, chased and wound up stabbing, not fatally, with a hatchet around the gym. He, so he just... Oh. Imagine you're in the gym and one guy's chasing another guy with a fucking hatchet. So where's the hatchet? Because you're wearing shorts, you're working out. Where, where do you hide something like that? I, I don't know, but he chased the guy around the gym, uh, stabbed the guy, uh, stabbed him in his abdomen, and he stabbed him in his arms. Uh, obviously, Dominic Michelli, who, again, is on the run. And by the looks of things, he looks like a sick fuck. He doesn't look like you're, you're like right away sick fuck but he looks like the type of guy he's got like the five o'clock shadow that looks like it could have been filled in with a little bit of shoe polish and he's got those weird beady eyes and he's yeah. got glasses with a little tint it just yes he doesn't you look- always have to the, the eyes are definitely uh a, window a to the soul there's a window to the soul obvious for sure um this is this is you, you know, go to the gym you pump iron i do and i have to tell you michael when you told me about the gym situation with the hackett and and i'm picturing other people on the treadmill looking you know they're watching their porn Imagine. news on the screen and then you see hatchet fucking guy coming over here i mean this is the, the texas chainsaw massacre this is a family-friendly gym to me yes. this could be made into a horror film uh considering he's still on the run um the fact that in you said his name was dominique or dominic dominic i'm not gonna put him on dominic because i was dominique gonna say wilkins. if he, he was born he ain't into, no dominique wilkins he ain't the human highlight no, but film. i'm just saying if yeah don't put that on the human highlight i, I wouldn't film. i wouldn't i'm gonna have to go ahead and uh 
Uh, look, he didn't fatally stab him, correct? I agree. Um, um, <laughs> I know where this is going. I don't know if I want to give him points for having a hatchet to begin with to bring to the gym. That's That takes a lot of courage in itself. Um, I don't know where you put a hatchet. Um, so that's a very... Those are, I just have a lot just of questions. Just give the fucking sentence, I guess I man. would say sick fuck of the week. Give him the fucking sentence. I'd say sick fuck of You're the, the week. You're the fucking judge. I give you the responsibility. <laughs> okay. Give the fucking <laughs> sentence. I mean, fucking, Holy I gotta, shit. Sometimes a judge got to think about the sentence, bro. I mean, this is a man's life right here, okay? Well, I'm not just fucking giving out fucking coupons to get a free Taco Bell, all right? Let me fucking think about his sentence because I have a little bit of respect for the guy. Okay. So that's where it gets tricky. Okay. So I was close to overturning this one, but I'm going to go ahead and say sick fuck of the week. Fine. But some credit for the fact that you snuck a hatchet into the gym. Okay, fair enough. Uh, What's next, next up, on the docket, Michael? The next one is I try to stay impartial. Uh, I am the creator and, and, and uh, you know, I am the, the generator of the We don't need to hear that from you, Michael. I'm patting myself on the back. I know you are, but we can just get to the judge. You can give it to the judge. Okay. A sick fuck dog breeder in oh. Pennsylvania sells dogs, breeds dogs in Lancaster County. Sold dogs to some customers that weren't barking a husky they found that the dog had been illegally debarked which i guess is a oh. surgery you can do when it was uh looked a little closer this piece of shit dog breeder had devocalized these dogs by sticking a pipe-like object down their throat to damage their vocal cords. i would like to stop i don't want to hear any more of this um I'm sorry. I like to keep my feelings out of the courtroom. I don't. This is a disgusting story. I don't need to hear any more. Um, you provided me with the evidence clearly. I'm ready for my sentencing. Um, this is going to have to be a beyond sick fuck of the week to me, Michael. Uh, just hearing it horrified me. Uh, the the fact that dogs can't talk in general uh, is very sad, and and it's the one thing they have to communicate is their bark. And uh, you want to take that away from them? Um, you're like you're you're the scum of the earth. I'm. I have nothing more to say, but beyond sick fuck of the week. I understand. I understand. That, I really I respect, don't like to hear that one. That's, yeah. The, the place has been raided and shut down. Three I, people. I have a lot of friends that have dogs. And, I'm not with it. Imagine if they did that to Wheezy. Wheezy is, let's just say, not the sharpest knife in the, in, the, in the shed. It's all about personality. The best personality. The most loving dog. Just great. My dog has no tricks to offer. Sitting and staying for about 45 seconds is, is a highlight. Loving, caring, um, emotionally, totally like present. But you you love your dog. Love my dog, and my dog could bark, especially when there's trouble around. When there's people around the house, he barks. I'm gonna have to say this man uh, an equivalent sentencing for what he did to the dog. He should be castrated. I think. Or no, I think, maybe we take your vocal cords out. No, we're gonna take your fucking balls off while we take your vocal cords out, and I'm gonna take that lead pipe and I'm gonna shove it right up your fucking ass. <laughs> we should. We put it right up your keister. Yeah, I'll put it right up your fucking keister, you fuck. Get out of my fucking courtroom. I've heard enough evidence beyond sick fuck moving on. Okay, finally. Finally. And I want to thank the fans for sending in all of these sick fucks. Um, I want to thank the sick fuck of the week whisperer. I want to thank all my Instagram DMers. Which we did talk about the sick fuck of the week whisperer. And I never officially got an answer back um, because I had I had kind of brought up the point um, that you thought Mike, the sick fuck... I thought Mike, the sick fuck whisperer, uh, may very well be 
a sick fuck of the week. I don't know if he's a candidate. I, based on my experiences dealing with him, I don't think he is. I just think he's got a nose for I know, it. but there's a lot of people where you go, I, 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 I didn't see that. I didn't see them being the sick fuck, but that makes them also a little I, bit listen, more... Uh, listen, Mike... The sick fuck of the week whisperer, I am not going to get in the way with your work and what inspires you. The sure. guy's got a nose for sniffing out sick fucks of the week. And all the other people uh, on, on Instagram, DM. He could be a sick fuck vigilante that's doing well for the community. Um, I'm not going to fault him for it. All the dudes on Twitter. Thank like, you. Like we, my we man appreciate the questions. Everybody sends them. Everybody no, don't send my, my, my man, because then you have to say everybody's name. I know. But, say but one this, person's name. I, I, the reason why I'm saying the sick fuck of the week whisperer, because he sends... Like, he'll send me 12 in a clip in one day, and I'm like, wow. And they'll yeah. all be gold. Like, straight yeah. up. Like, it doesn't disturb you, though. <laughs> like, I, I'm not judging it. No, I'm not but you judging know, I, he didn't like, this isn't someone, are you going to take, is he going to meet your mom someday? No, or? I didn't say I'm going to have coffee with okay, him. He I makes me, like, I want, I want to bring, like, a third party if I have coffee with him at first. Yeah, at first you definitely want to do that. But okay. it's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, continue. It's your show, so. All right. The last case on the docket for today sick fuck of the week or beyond in Spokane, Washington, a 45 year old man has been arrested and charged with animal cruelty. This is an animal cruelty episode. Hey, I don't, I just present, I just present the cases. This guy had broken up with his girlfriend. He had been harassing his girlfriend and to get back at her. This is, this is bad. And my mom just had LASIK surgery. Um, She's a horse person. She loves horses. You might want to cover your ears, Mom. Uh, I know you just got your eyes fixed, uh, but this might hurt your ears too. To get back at his girlfriend, this piece of shit cut off the tail of her horse. The horse was in critical condition. The horse wind up dying. He's a harasser and a horse tail cutter offer. Your Honor. Now, he didn't give this horse a haircut of the tail. He cut the fucking tail the off. The whole tail off. I can't believe you're even having to think I, where I, this guy's going to go. I just, I need to know a little bit more about this. I just told you. He and the girl were going through a breakup. He was she harassing horses. Her, and instead of like fucking her best friend or like, you know, like, yes. you know, like uh, doing something like a normal person <laughs> yes. might do or like, you know, writing a mean tweet about her. Uh, and then the horse died. Yes. He cut the tail off, killed the horse. Yeah, I got, I, I, I. God. Wow, you're on the fence. I, about I just this? don't know whether to do a beyond or a sick fuck because I've given a lot of other animal cruelty sentencing out with sick fucks. If you love an animal, you love an animal. But again, and I, I don't mean to like put them on a measuring scale, but we're going into like exotic animals. Okay, yes, yes. We're talking about the horse here. Um, I got to tell you, Michael, this is a 45 year old. <laughs> this is a 45 year old man. He should know better. You should know these things when you're five years old. You don't fucking hurt animals. There's nothing funny about it. Um, then why are you funny. laughing, I'm, Your Honor? <laughs> your Honor. I mean, your Honor, why no, are you laughing? I didn't call you Your Honor. I'm saying you call me Your Honor. I'm not laughing. <laughs> That's because, that Jackie O. No, you're it, on that Jackie uh, Listen, the Jackie O, leave that outside because that has nothing to do with it. Uh, that should, that's not admissible in my courtroom. Okay. The fact that I was on that. Okay, so this guy in Spokane. Yes, I'm going to have to go That harassed his girlfriend and then really wanted to get back at her. And again, he didn't want to fuck her best friend or even her sister. All right, because you're making me her, nervous call her, here. Call her names like, oh, you, you bitch. Or anything like that. You're making that. me nervous here, so I'm going to have to go ahead and send him with the beyond sick fuck. You took the breakup too fucking far. Okay, move on like a regular human being or do something to yourself. You want to start cutting yourself? <laughs> Cut yourself. All right? right? We're not going to fucking fault you for it, buddy, but leave the goddamn horse out of it. All right. There you have it from uh, Judge uh, Dean Collins. 
Uh, it's another episode of Sick Fuck of the Week or Beyond. I swear I just heard an echo. All right, we're done. We're done. I want to thank Gabriel. Thanks for coming through. I appreciate it. Thanks for rocking with me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Judge Dean Collins. Thanks for rocking with me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. You know where to find us in premium. You know where to find us in prime time every Wednesday evening like clockwork. And of course, Friday, we do the damn thing. We don't stop. We can't stop. Miles Jordan, take us out of here with a banger, with a smacker, because this was a banger. This was a smacker. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. <laughs>